0: what's up everybody and welcome to this week's edition of davinci cases All right, so the way this works is we've got a clinical case followed by a board style question So we're gonna go through the question stem point out the relevant clinical findings Take a look at the question and the answer choices and then kind of divert for a minute and go through the relevant concepts to answering the question Then we'll come back and apply those concepts that we went over to answering the question All right So we've got a 26 year old woman who's presenting to her physician's office for numbness and tingling in her shoulders Arms and hands. So we've got a younger woman here and she's presenting with neurological type symptoms. Could also be an MSK problem, could be you know, some, like a rotator cuff problem or shoulder, some other type of shoulder pathology. Could be a problem in her spine, like a disc herniation, stenosis. So let's keep reading here to see, see what the rest of the story tells us. Uh, these symptoms have been occurring for two weeks with no apparent cause. So this is not really a trauma. It's not something that's happened right away, but it's also not something that's uh, a chronic problem. It's only been happening for about two weeks. And it really has come out of nowhere, as she says. So on the neuro exam, she had normal tone, 5 out of 5 strength, and 2 plus reflexes in both upper extremities. So this is telling us that she has normal strength. It's not impacting her motor inputs to her muscles. She doesn't have any upper motor neuron signs like increased tone or hyperreflexia or anything like that. So it appears that her, her motor function is intact in the upper extremities. However, she has decreased sensation to pain and temperature over the C5 and C6 dermatomes in both upper extremities Now we'll show you the C5 and C6 dermatomes in a a minute here But they generally cover the shoulders and the lateral aspects of the upper extremities So this is corresponding to what she's talking about where she's got some numbness and tingling in her shoulders arms and hands And it's bilateral here so again this is pointing towards a neurological problem it could be something with the spine itself or the spinal cord especially given the specificity here that it's in these specific dermatomes and that it's specifically impacting sensation of pain and temperature that tends to point towards more of a spinal cord problem she had normal sensation to position and vibration in both upper extremities again The specific loss of of types of sensation, meaning pain and temperature, and then she has normal position and vibration, this tends to point more towards a spinal cord, because as we'll go over in a few slides, the the cross-sectional and anatomy of the spinal cord, different regions of the spinal cord carry tracts that are carrying inputs that carry different types of sensation. Pain and temperature is localized to one region, and then position and vibration are localized to another. And then motor as well is also localized to another region of the spinal cord patient had normal gait and denied experiencing urinary incontinence so she's got normal balance she's able to walk properly and then denied experiencing any urinary incontinence that just indicates that the inputs to her bladder are not impacted by this which they can be sometimes in a spinal cord lesion she has a past medical history of Chiari syndrome type 1 and then migraines Chiari is gonna come into play here you'll see why in a few slides and then she is not currently on any medications This is obviously a neurological problem, so we wanna look at what is the neuro exam telling us. So the major neurological findings, and remember with neuro, oftentimes the the normal findings are just as important often as the abnormal findings. So she's got normal muscle tone and muscle strength bilaterally, so like we said, her motor inputs on both sides are normal. She does, however, have lost a sensation of pain and temperature in the C5 and C6 dermatomes bilaterally, and then she has intact position and vibration sensation bilaterally. So this is a dermatome map. This is obviously anterior, this is posterior, this is lateral. So let's look at the C5. So C5, as you can see, it goes right over the shoulder like this, and then the middle or lateral a- aspect of the upper extremity. And then C6, you can see, is the lateral aspect of the hand, lateral aspect of the The arm and shoulder as well and then if we look on the posterior aspect c five stretches here across again the the posterior aspect of the shoulder even up into the neck a little bit and then if you look at C6 this is the lateral aspect too of the upper extremity and the and the hand here the fact that it's bilateral the fact that it's covering these specific dermatomes we can probably eliminate some of these answer choices right here so the first one impingement of the right C5 spinal nerve this is likely going to be due to a disc herniation a disc herniation that's uh, bulging out to the right side to impact this C5 spinal nerve. And because of that, it's going to result in unilateral pain, numbness, and weakness. So this does not appear to be the cause in our patient because it's unilateral and she has bilateral numbness and tingling and loss of sensation and pain and temperature on both sides. Not only that, her motor strength and motor tone are normal. Typically with spinal disc herniations, you're going to see weak motor weakness as well. You're also going to see a lot of significant pain, especially radiculopathy, which is that pain and radiating from the neck all the way down the arm into the hand. And again, she's not complaining of that either. Compression of the brachial plexus between the right clavicle and the first rib. So this is actually what's called thoracic outlet syndrome. This is particularly rare, but you do see it show up a lot on exams because it's a good test of anatomy and neuroanatomy. And again, this is only gonna be affecting one side. So similar to the disc herniation, you're gonna see unilateral pain, numbness, and weakness. The other thing with thoracic outlet syndrome is it's not always just a neurological uh, pathology. Sometimes it can be compressing the subclavian artery or the veins draining the upper extremity. And so you can see cardiovascular issues as well. And again, what really eliminates this answer choice is the fact that it's unilateral, it's on one side. And then also as you see the weakness here which this patient's just not complaining of and doesn't exhibit that on exam. So the remainder of all these answer choices involve the spinal cord. So let's talk about the spinal cord cross-sectional anatomy here just to review. So we've got motor over here in red. And this is going to be mainly the corticospinal tracts, as you can see here and here. And so that's going to be affecting those regions there. In this patient, this is normal. And then you have here, you have the dorsal columns, which are these this, this region right here. It's a dorsal column. And so this is going to be position and vibration. And remember, that's intact as well in this patient. Then you have the spinal thalamic tract, which is... As it indicates here, the anterolateral system is the anterolateral portion of the spinal cord. And these fibers are carrying pain and temperature inputs, which this patient is missing on both sides. So something I want to point out though is, is one of the answer choices talks about uh, impingement of the ventral commissure. So you can see here's the central canal here, and this is where CSF is traveling. Now just anterior to that, you have this region here called the ventral commissure. And you can see it incorporates gray matter just anterior to the central canal, and then it also has white matter as well. So this is the ventral commissure. And what's particularly important here is the white matter in this case, because for the spinal thalamic tract, the fibers carrying pain and temperature, they're gonna, remember, enter from the dorsal root and enter the dorsal aspect of the spinal cord. So let's say this is the left side, this is the right side. So fibers coming from the left side are gonna come in here, they're gonna travel through the dorsal root. They're actually going to ascend a little bit in the spinal cord on the ipsilateral side and then they'll cross over through the ventral commissure and then come over here and ascend up the spinal cord in the contralateral spinal thalamic tract. So fibers from the left side are gonna come in here through the left dorsal root, they're gonna ascend a little bit And then they're going to cross over through the ventral commissure and then ascend in the right sided spinal thalamic tract same thing here on the right side so you're going to have inputs coming in from the right side they'll come through the right dorsal root they'll ascend a little bit a couple levels and then they'll they'll cross over through the ventral commissure and then they will ascend in the left-sided spinal thalamic tract so a lesion in the ventral commissure is going to disrupt this crossing over of the spinal thalamic fibers So, coming back to the answer choices here, based on that spinal cord anatomy, we can eliminate a few more choices here. So, demyelination of the dorsal columns of the spinal cord. So, the dorsal columns, remember, are position and vibration. And so, a pathology particularly affecting the dorsal columns would be uh, trauma directly impacting that region, a tumor impinging specifically on the dorsal columns. B12 deficiency can cause demyelination specifically of the dorsal columns. Uh, Multiple sclerosis can potentially affect the dorsal columns. And then tabius dorsalis, this is due to uh, tertiary syphilis. And this also can lead to demyelination in dorsal columns as well. Again, what these patients are going to have is loss of position and vibration sense bilaterally. And again, she has normal sensation to position and vibration in both upper extremities. So again, this just based on that presentation alone, doesn't seem to be the answer choice. The other thing is that the history doesn't fit. She doesn't have B12 deficiency. She doesn't have any signs of trauma or a tumor or anything like that. So moving on to this antchoice impingement of the ventral commissure. So again, this is where those spinal thalamic tracts are crossing over. This is typically caused by syringomyelia, and this is a lesion where, so you have the spinal cord like this, you have that central canal, and then you have that region here where you have the ventral commissure where those fibers are crossing over like that. And then in the central canal here, you can develop a cyst that then impinges on the ventral commissure, which is just anterior to it. And so you have compression of the spinal thalamic tracts crossing over, and you're going to have loss of pain and temperature sensation as a result of that. And since you're impacting where they cross over, you're going to impact both sides, which is exactly what she has. She has decreased sensation to pain and temperature in both upper extremities. So this is looking like our likely answer choice, but just for completeness sake, we'll talk about the last one here. So ischemia of the anterior two-thirds of the spinal cord. So this is an anterior spinal artery infarction. If you recall, the Breakdown of the spinal cord. So you have the dorsal columns back here And then you have the anterior two-thirds is all supplied by the anterior spinal artery So this includes the corticospinal tracts the spinal thalamic tracts And so these patients are going to have both loss of pain and temperature but also motor weakness as well loss of pain and temperature but they're gonna have intact position and vibration sense because this is the dorsal columns are supplied by, or the posterior one-third is supplied by the posterior spinal artery. And again, the history here just doesn't fit. Anterior spinal artery, because that artery branches off of arteries coming right off the aorta, it's usually aortic dissection or aortic aneurysm or surgery on the aorta is often the cause of of, uh, infarction of the anterior spinal artery. And so the history just does not fit here. So impingement of the ventral commissure of the spinal cord fits with the history. It fits with the presentation exactly. The other thing is that Chiari syndrome type one, remember I said this would come into play. These patients are at risk for developing syringomyelia. And so that's important. That's an important association to remember. Remember this is where you often will have impingement of the spinal cord at the cranial cervical junction because they have a congenital malformation of the skull at that point. And often that compression of the spinal cord can increase the CSF pressure. And remember these cysts that develop in the central canal, if you have a cyst that's developing here and enlarging, that's due to increased CSF pressure. Now, this is a smaller lesion. If it were a larger lesion, it could impact the dorsal columns back here, could definitely impact the corticospinal tracts out here as well. So this would be a smaller lesion because you're only seeing an impact This ventral commissure where these fibers are crossing over here. And one last thing we'll point out is that this is actually what's called the CAPE distribution And it's because by affecting these C5 C6 dermatomes or these outer portions of the arms as you can see here C5 C6 you're impacting only the outer portion here the lateral portion and then you can see where it would extend across the posterior aspect kind of like a CAPE and then it would extend out on the other side. And again, it's gonna cover the lateral aspect. So that's why it's called, quote unquote, the CAPE distribution. So if you see that term, that's what it's referring to, is impacting that ventral commissure where the spinal thalamic fibers are crossing over. And you see this loss of pain and temperature on these lateral aspects of the upper extremities bilaterally. All right, that's all I have for you this week. Make sure you check back every Wednesday for new Da Vinci cases. And then to see the corresponding video for this audio, check out our website at dviacademy.com, where you can also find PDF notes for this audio as well. Also on our site, you can find our book and video packages for anatomy and biochemistry. You can also follow us on Instagram for weekly posts and video. And then lastly, if you have any questions about the content of this video or about DaVinci Academy, put them in the comments and our team will be sure to answer them. All right, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week.